law school in Atlanta, Georgia. He's tall and lanky, with slightly stooped shoulders, and a grin that doesn't quit. Geraldine christened him the kid immediately upon his arrival, and the rest of us adopted it. He in turn calls her Jerry, always with the grin. We marvel that he still has a job. The kid ambles in and settles in the chair that Geraldine rejected. How about you, Marty? My treat. Thanks, kid, but I'll have to pass. I'm expecting Judge Carroll's clerk to call any time now. We're closing Rodriguez this afternoon. Mind if I watch? The kid's question is intended more for Geraldine than for me, but I answer him quickly. Not a bit. I remember my early days in this office, handling the traffic offenses and bounce checks that the kid is stuck with now, waiting for an opportunity to prosecute a real crime. Whenever I could, I watched closing arguments in the more serious cases. I watched Geraldine in action in a number of trials. She doesn't try cases anymore, but she was excellent in her day. The old black phone on my desk doesn't finish its first ring before I grab it. Marty Nickerson. It's Wanda Morgan, Judge Carroll's courtroom clerk. The jury is back. The judge is calling for summations. I head for the door. The kid reaches it before I do, but he pauses to look back at Geraldine, to verify that he has her permission. She blows a smoke ring at him. Go ahead, she says. Maybe you'll learn something. Chapter 2 In the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the prosecuting attorney always argues last, just before the judge gives instructions on the law. Having a last word can be a big advantage. I begin speaking to the jurors quietly as I walk to the evidence table set up in front of the judge's bench. Judge Carroll will instruct you that you should convict this defendant of first-degree murder if you find that he murdered Michael Scott with extreme atrocity or cruelty. This defendant is Manuel Rodriguez, a 26-year-old punk with a rap sheet as long as he is. Throughout this trial, I refused to say his name in front of the jury. I refuse to say anything that might suggest he is human. I want them to see him as an animal, an animal unfit to live among the civilized, an animal they should lock away for the rest of its miserable days. I select two color photographs from the evidence table and pause to stare at Rodriguez. He glares back at me. This is good. I turn my back to him and walk toward the jury box, photos in hand. Some members of the panel avert their eyes. One turns her entire face away. But most, I am pleased to see, look from the bloody scenes to Rodriguez. I hope he is glaring back at them. This, people, is extreme atrocity. This is cruelty. I mean every word of it. I have been an assistant district attorney in Barnstable County for more than a decade, handling rapes and homicides for more than half of those years. Stranger homicides like this don't happen here. Crime scenes as grisly as this don't belong here. Killers so utterly void of remorse don't live here. Two different witnesses told you they saw this defendant near the Chatham Light just after two in the morning, last Memorial Day. 
Dr. Skinner told you that Michael Scott drew his last breath between 2 and 4 o'clock that morning. His lifeless body was found on Lighthouse Beach at daybreak. Dr. Jeffrey Skinner is a Harvard-educated pathologist who has been Barnstable County's medical examiner for almost 20 years. Even he was visibly shaken by the condition of this corpse. I shift my gaze to the courtroom's front row, where the Scott family sits silently. At my direction, they've sat in that spot all week. Mom, Dad, and two younger brothers. I want the panel to follow my eyes to look at that diminished family. I want every juror on this panel to remember that the bloody corpse in these gruesome photographs was a son, a big brother, a twenty-year-old college kid with his whole life ahead of him. I walk back to the evidence table and hold up a third photograph, this one a close-up of the back of Michael's head. His dark, matted hair is barely visible through the dried blood. Dr. Skinner told you that Michael was hit from behind, with an object so heavy it fractured his skull. The contour of the fracture led the doctor to believe the attacker was left-handed. I turn and point at Rodriguez. This defendant is left-handed. I trade the photograph in for another and carry it to the jury box. It is a view of the bluff in front of Chatham Light. Detective Walter Bucknell told you that Michael was dragged through the beach plums, unconscious, down this hill to the sand below. The weight of his body left a trail that was still visible at daybreak, and there were boot prints in the wet sand at the bottom of that trail. Detective Bucknell measured those prints. He stretched his tape measure out beside them and took a picture. Here it is. The tread matches a pair of Viking fish boots, size 10. Again, I point at Rodriguez. This defendant was arrested at noon that day. He was wearing a pair of Viking fish boots, size 10. I hold the next photo close to my jacket. I know how hard this is but you made a solemn promise to look carefully at all of the evidence, and it is my duty to review it with you. I turn the picture toward them. Almost all of them look away. Their discomfort is palpable. The photo is a close-up of Michael Scott's neck, his throat slit. Dr. Skinner told you that Michael had regained consciousness and was struggling when the killer slit his throat. In this photograph, you can see the dreadful details. Minutes pass, and I still hold the photo in front of them. I won't put it down until each juror has examined the slice through Michael Scott's throat. This is important. The defense attorney hammered on the only weakness in my case, and I need to respond. The defense made much of the fact that the murder weapon was never found. But remember, people, we know a lot about that weapon. We know that Michael Scott was murdered with a blade fine enough and sharp enough to cut like a scalpel. We know that blade was made of high-carbon steel, just like the blade of the Dexter Ripper, a knife used on all of our local commercial fishing boats. We also know that this defendant, when he works at all, works as a deckhand on a local lobster boat. We know he had easy access to those knives. 
I had wanted to introduce a Dexter Ripper into evidence, but Judge Carroll wouldn't hear of it. The defense attorney had barely gotten to his feet when the judge sustained his objection. On reflection, I believe the judge's ruling was right. And I want him to be right. My gut tells me this jury will convict, and I don't want the conviction reversed on appeal. I hold up an evidence bag, one of 39 bearing Commonwealth Exhibit tags. Detective Bucknell told you this flannel shirt was found rolled in a ball in the trunk of this defendant's car. There's blood on the left cuff and the right upper sleeve. Dr. Skinner told you the blood on this shirt is type AB, same as Michael Scott's. This defendant, the doctor told you, is O positive. On appeal, the defense will challenge the introduction of Rodriguez's blood type into evidence. The defense bar routinely argues that the use of physical evidence taken from a defendant, such as fingerprints, handwriting, and blood samples, violates the defendant's constitutional privilege against self-incrimination. I'm not overly concerned about this issue. The High Court has held more than once that the privilege protects only against compulsion of testimony, not against production of real or physical evidence. I turn the evidence bag so they can all see the dark red stains on the plaid shirt. DNA testing confirms that this blood on the defendant's shirt is Michael Scott's. No one else's. A few of the jurors are nodding. They're with me. The last photos I intend to use during this argument are two close-ups of Michael's torso. In one, the torso is covered with blood. In the other, taken during the autopsy after the body had been cleaned, the knife wounds are clear. It's no wonder there are blood stains on the shirt, people. As Michael Scott lay on the beach, his throat...